Welcome to A Year in the Bible with Pastor Doyle Jackson. Day 208, Isaiah chapters 15 to 19, against Moab, Damascus, Cush, and Egypt. Day 208, what do you do when you see someone in a bad place? I mean, sometimes you feel like you can help them. Maybe they have a flat tire. Other times, you know, this is way beyond your experience or power. Maybe they have an illness that requires a a skilled surgeon or a specialty. I have a friend who is a retired brain surgeon and specialist. He did amazing things for years, but had to stop because he needed perfect steadiness in his hands. See, we have issues in this world that require something, someone greater than us. And that's why we call on God. In chapters 15 and 16 of Isaiah, it described the end of Moab. In this prophecy, Isaiah declares that Moab is, quote, ruined and destroyed. It's an amazing description of someone like they're walking up and down the hills and the valleys of the land of Moab. This territory east of the Jordan River has a history of animosity with Israel. Archaeologically, we know that they had a shared identity, or in our day, we might use the term worldview or culture, since the 14th century BCE. I mean, the Moabites have been around a really long time. The Moabites worshipped idols at high places, and this was a stumbling block and a temptation for God's people, with Moab as their neighbors. The first king of Israel fought against Moab. You remember uh, Saul? Well, in 1 Samuel 14, 47, he's fighting against Moab. And then young David, yeah, the soon-to-be king, he went and hid in the region of Moab from Saul. Later, Ruth would become part of the family of God because of a famine driving Naomi's family in a journey to the east and to Moab, and suddenly Moab, through this sliver of Ruth, becomes a part of God's people. Listen, Isaiah 15, 5, My heart weeps for Moab. Its people flee to Zor and Igleth Shalesha. It's hard to tell if this is the heart of God or possibly Isaiah's heart. See, Moab is important to God's people and important to God too. They mourn the destruction of these people, but know it's the result of their rejection of God. Moab did not worship God. Isaiah 16, 11, and 12. My heart's cry for Moab is like a lament on a harp. I'm filled with anguish for Ker Haraseth. The people of Moab will worship at their pagan shrines, but it will do them no good. They will cry to the gods, little g, in their temples, but no one will be able to save them. See, as Babylon destroys them, they pray to a small God who is powerless to save them. Their only hope is to follow Ruth into God's hands and to be one of God's people, but they don't. Chapter 17 opens with Isaiah's pronouncement that Damascus will become a heap of ruins As Isaiah speaks, you wonder if Judah reflects on her readiness for God's judgment. 
Do you think they evaluate their spiritual life? Do you and I evaluate our spiritual life? Do we check our spiritual condition as we pass a car stopped on the roadside as a cautionary warning? God, am I right with you? Am I taking care of my car? Am I taking care of my spirit? Chapter 18 is a warning to Cush and her rivers and Egypt in chapter 19. Listen to Isaiah 19.1. Look, the Lord is advancing against Egypt, riding on a swift cloud. The idols of Egypt tremble. The hearts of the Egyptians melt with fear. See, God's chariots are the clouds. It removes the false idols so we might see him and receive life and liberty. You and I are to look to God, not ourselves. Here's the prayer. Lord, I humbly come before you. I renounce all my self-reliance and idolatry. Pride, you are not welcome. Love of wealth, you've got to go. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, keep reading with me. 